Welcome to this live stream and our recording for July the 21st, brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. I would like for us to open our Bibles in the New Testament to Ephesians chapter 6. I'll give you the verse location in just a moment, Ephesians chapter 6. This is from God through the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. Paul affirms that the church is the body of Christ, that God had a master plan from before the foundation of the world. Christ came, and those who follow him constitute his church, the body. That truth is developed in the early part of the letter to the Ephesians. Now, the Apostle Paul never neglects to take his listeners or readers to application. So the intention was and is to learn the truth about the plan of God and Christ, then become engaged in your life with what the Holy Spirit says that plan should mean to you as an obedient responder to the truth. The specific responses to truth are often found in the second or latter part of Paul's epistles. And so with that in mind, I'd like to take us now to Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And here's the approach. If God had a foreordained plan, if Christ came as the divine person of that plan, if his church is composed of those who are obedient believers, what do I need to do to be a strong, obedient believer and resist the wiles of the devil. I'm in Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I've been asked to deal with one part of this, but to do that, I'll need to deal with all of it, the surrounding context. 
The question submitted to me is about the twelfth verse. The principalities and powers are, in the English Standard Version, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. It's a good question. At first, it has a mysterious sound to it. When we study this inside the framework of context, and we bring in other passages to help us, there is an answer. Let's move in that direction. First, what's going on in this passage, in this context, in Ephesians chapter 6, especially verses 10 through 18? Remember, this is from God through Paul to the Christians in Ephesus. And it begins with that imperative, be strong. So Christians are called to be strong. But how? It says, in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Let's put a peg down there for a minute. The spiritual strength Christians are able to have is not self-generated. Though self-initiative and action is involved, may I repeat, the spiritual strength Christians are able to have is not self-generated, though self-initiative and action is involved. The Lord equips Christians to be strong when they wear the whole armor of God. Nothing here suggests just sitting back and somehow being infused with strength because you believe in Christ, though you don't do anything. No, the imperative is be strong. That calls for action. And the follow-up is put on the whole armor of God. Do something. Stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the main idea. And then there are specifics inside that main idea. When you get to verse 14, there's truth. So truth must be embraced, and I must be loyal to it in heart, speech, and conduct. There is righteousness. I, I, I must wear that as a breastplate. There is footwear suited to the battle against evil to give me traction. The gospel of peace that you hold to and that you spread. The shield of faith for protection. The helmet of salvation. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is what you wear. You get up and put this on every day. This is what you use. And through these provisions and equipment, the Lord strengthens us for battle. We can be strong as we put on the equipment He provides. So there's a very clear main idea in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Very clear. We can be strong as we wear the whole armor of God. We are soldiers in the battle against evil, we fight the good fight of faith, not just occasionally, but daily. God, through what he provides, enables us to stand against the wiles of the devil, and the victory is ascribed to him. Now, here's a very important part of this. Paul wants his readers to understand what kind of battle he's talking about. He wants his readers to understand what kind of battle he's talking about. If I may say this in a rather raw manner, with raw terms, the passage is not saying 
We ought to take up literal arms and go out and shoot unbelievers or cause injury or ignite uh, ordinance and generally be violent people. No. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Paul said in another place, we are not waging war according to the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. No sensible reading of the New Testament will lead to any notion of carnal warfare to advance the Lord's cause. So here in Ephesians 6, when Paul writes about taking up the whole armor of God, having combat gear and a sword, this is imagery. This is not about literal warfare, violence, and bloodshed. Here's how Paul makes that clear in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic forces of evil in the heavenly places. Some translations have the phrase principalities and powers. The Christian Standard Bible says, For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. I believe the purpose of verse 12 is to make certain readers understand what kind of battle Paul is talking about. I believe in Ephesians 6, 12, Paul is saying exactly what he said over in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, that we are not waging war against the flesh. The violence and brutality of war, the igniting of a bomb or physical violence is not what we're called to do in Ephesians 6. Verse 12 functions to make clear what kind of battle Paul is talking about. This is not a physical battle. It says, not against flesh and blood. What makes this curious to us is the other terminology in verse 12. These are not terms we are used to, especially principalities and powers in the King James. Then, in the heavenly places, that just may cry out for an explanation. Let me say something that might help to begin with. When you see that phrase, in the heavenly places, that's not the same as in heaven. Around the throne of God, there is perfection, purity, nothing evil at all is there. So I'm going to say, in the heavenly places is not the same as in heaven. Paul is not implying that these wicked forces are in heaven. The phrase, the heavenly places, is literally the sphere of spiritual activities. That is not physical, unseen but real. Let me go a little further. Think of two realms of existence, earthly and heavenly. Now, don't lock into that dwelling place of God or just the word heaven. Think of two realms of existence, earthly and heavenly, seen and unseen, physical and spiritual. We are persons who live here on earth. The forces 
we do battle against are not just other persons here on earth, though other persons may be used in the interest of the devil. The devil is real, but not like us on earth. There is a dark world out there, and the devil is the ruler of it, and that world is being described with these curious words and phrases in Ephesians 6 and verse 12. One commentator, a gospel preacher I trust, Colley Caldwell, wrote this about the verse. We do not know that each of these terms represent a different group of depraved evil beings. We do, however, know that the array of terms used to describe the personal forces of evil in the spiritual realm should frighten us deeply and impress upon us the need to put on the whole armor of God. That's the point. May I take us to another level of understanding that is utterly simple and therefore attractive to me. There is a world of evil out there that we cannot see, cannot touch, cannot perfectly understand, but perfect understanding is not required. What we know with the highest level of certainty is, however dark that world may be, and however it may operate in unseen ways, we know this. We can obey the gospel and put on the whole armor of God, knowing that God gives us the victory. James said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's what we need to know. I knew an old country preacher years ago who didn't have a deep academic resume of training in biblical language. But he knew the Bible well. He understood the message. He delivered it well. Someone asked him about this passage and the unseen realm of the work of the devil, wanting to know all about how it all worked. And the preacher said, I don't know. I can't answer all your questions, but here's what I know for certain. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I'm very much like that old country preacher. In fact, I'm old and I started out preaching in the country. I don't have perfect knowledge of how the devil operates, or for that matter, the details of divine to resist the devil. It's all going to be okay, and I'll sing the praises of God and be thankful to Christ and so happy to have the writings given by the Holy Spirit. All right. You know what I'm going to do next. What do we need to do with this passage? Three points. Number one, don't let anyone recruit you into carnal warfare for the kingdom of God. If you never have a good, perfect understanding of Ephesians 6 and verse 12, you know this is true. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world and Paul said we are not waging war against the flesh. There is a righteous anger, but we are not waging war against the flesh. There is an armor to put on. There is a battle to be engaged in, but we are not waging war against the flesh. Number two, stay in uniform. 
the imagery of battle is vivid. If you've never been in the military, you still know about this. You can't go into battle without full equipment and training. God provides that. We go into every day as a battle against evil. We encounter the enemy in various ways, sometimes just in our minds, and his temptations are an ongoing process. Get up one day, leave your armor off, and you are vulnerable to attack. Stay in uniform. That's how God does what he does to give us victory. Number three, never forget it is God who empowers us to be strong and courageous, leading to victory. I like that song, to God be the glory, great things he has done. O perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes, that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. When a sinner activates faith and receives pardon, to God be the glory. When a Christian defeats a temptation, resisting the devil, to God be the glory. When you pray for strength and you are made strong, to God be the glory. When you help someone, serve someone, reach out with the gospel to a sinner, to God be the glory. And one day, if you stand before God as righteous in Jesus Christ, as that final victory is celebrated, to God be the glory. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. Psalms 115, verse 1. 1 Peter 4 and verse 11, Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Well, I know that I haven't given a completely perfect answer to that question about the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places. I know this isn't about any darkness in heaven where God, Christ, and the Spirit reside. I know that I don't know perfectly all the details of the strategy of darkness, but I know my Redeemer, and you can know Him, trust and obey Him, and wear the whole armor of God. Thank you for listening.